This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com. All righty then. Welcome to the Sneaky Plays Podcast. I'm Brian Catino here with Dom Fierro and Chris Morse. What's up, boys? What What is up? What's going on, fellas? Another week? Yeah, another day, another dollar, right, Morse? Another Morris? day, another dollar. I'm uh, fresh off of a uh, heartbreaking Sixers loss on Tuesday night that I had the pleasure of witnessing in person there at the game. Great atmosphere, but similar result with a uh, another crushing loss to the Boston Celtics, only to rebound with a nice bounce back win over your lowly New York Knicks guys. Only, only to have Ben Simmons crucified oh, by God. Kevin Knox. Knew that was coming. <laughs> that was impressive. I got to give it. Knox is going to be a good player. Two straight nights, Ben Simmons got posted too. He got posted by Tatum the night before. Uh, that Tatum wasn't even like a post. Yeah, and then he and then Tatum like runs up to him and like gives him a shoulder on the way down the court. Like he just did something. Yeah, Kevin Knox like literally. That was that was a two handed stop yeah. right in his right in his dunk. Yeah, the the Kevin Knox dunk was uh was something else, huh? Yeah, no, that was that was impressive. Knox is good, man. He's I mean he's a typical rookie going through you know leaps and boundaries. He's ups and downs, but he's he's got ability, no doubt. He's raw talent. Yeah, and he's only he's freaking he's nineteen years old. So I mean, he's you know, when they get KD, like all you guys say, he should be around there long term to to help build out the roster. When they get KD, when they get uh, hopefully Kyrie, yeah. and then Zion too. That's the dream. I, I that's the dream mean, summer I, for New York fans. I'd honestly take if they somehow don't get Zion, like and. I'd be happy with RJ Barrett. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I and I'd even probably be ha- probably even be happy with Cam Reddish, honestly, too. Yeah, Reddish can play. Reddish can be. Reddish is a good shooter. Um, probably not quite the athlete those two guys are, but I think he's he's got a polished offensive game already. Yeah, I mean, I think RJ Barrett is probably the most like if I were to rank it, I'd have him one over Zion, but I have Zion too, just because like Zion's like. Like he's really good, obviously, freaking nature, but it's the shooting. <laughs> right, right. Well, Barrett, I mean, Barrett's got blinders on, though, out there. I mean, he just puts his head down and goes full battering ram road mode to the basket. And, I mean, his shooting percentage is suffer. I mean, not that he doesn't have great ability. He does, but, I don't know, I feel like he, he's, he's the one guy that's kind of pressed a little bit on that team this year. Who's that, Barrett or Zion? Barrett, Barrett. Yeah, but, I mean, you also got to realize he is – you know, he was the number one player in the class and thinks he deserves to be, you know, treated as such, which he does, you know. But yeah, Zion I mean, clearly taken. I mean, he's averaging over 20 points, I believe, for Duke. <laughs> so. No, he's definitely – I mean, he's having a very good year, no doubt. I mean, and also with a lot of these guys, the college game doesn't suit them as well as the NBA game does. I mean, I mean, with an open court and so much space to work with, guys like Barrett and Zion are going to have field days getting to the rim. Well, yeah, that's, that's my thing with Zion too is that – uh you know, clearly, I mean, he's going to go for a double-double probably pretty much every night in the NBA, right? But mm. those guys are just as big as him at center. So, <laughs> right, that's the thing that kind of scares me off a little bit is that he hasn't really gone against somebody that is like a tip, you know, typical NBA center in college, you know? Mm-hmm. So, gives me a little, you know, makes me a little skeptical of it. But, I mean, he's still going to get a double-double probably every night in NBA. Or at least, yeah. at least go for it, you know. So, well, it is what it is. I'd be happy with any of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, before we dive into uh, our NBA talk, um, 
I have a question for both of you guys. It's uh, it's sports related. Um, what's your favorite sporting event to go to? Like, you know, type of what sporting event you would like to go to and what sporting event you like watching on TV the most? Oh, that's, a, that's a good one. Dom, you want to go first? Might need a minute to think about that. So, I'm going to. Um, I mean, can we like be specific about like a playoff game or um not just regular season just like you know got to go to a stadium or a you know field house where's it at where are we going huh. well i'm probably going to a yankees game uh they're a lot of fun <laughs> i don't know i tino i'm assuming you've been to a yankees game recently and then morris i don't know if you've ever been to one but they are i've been yeah i've been like twice when they when they're good you know not having like a down year like they had a few years ago there it's a lot of fun to be there every the whole place is just you know fun as hell the bars right across the street are all fun everybody's drinking tailgating whatever it's a good time and then to watch on tv probably the nba (laughs) and that's just how i feel NBA games kind of boring to me live and you know the announcers kind of give it a little bit better I feel like because I think they're really good in the NBA at least for you know TNT you know I love watching the games with them so I could do without going to an NBA game yeah I'm with you on watching um, NBA on TV uh, I think I mean I'm all for going still I mean I, I I'll go to any sporting event um, you know, as long as it my needs and I'm gonna you know enjoy watching you know my team or both teams play um but yeah I understand I hear you what you're saying like unless you're sitting I mean I had really good seats the other night for that Celtic Sixers game but going to an NBA game like if you're not sitting lower level you know so if you're sitting like up high or whatever um I mean the ball sort of just looks like an orange dot out there (laughs) um not that it's I mean it's still a good experience but I hear you on the uh you know, the announcers give it a better effect on the game. Um, you know, you can kind of see the whole court better. I feel like you, you have better angles on, you know, if the shot's going in or not. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd probably say watching NBA, uh, then going to it's got football, um, especially Eagles games. I mean, having gone to Eagles games my whole life, it's just, I mean, I live and die with that atmosphere. There. I just I just think the atmosphere and the passion, especially for playoff games, is, is unmatched. And even going, I mean, I've been to some road games too. Um, and I mean, that's just, I mean, it's America's game. Um, and I'm, I could watch any football game in person as long as I'm not sitting, you know, as long as I don't have some crazy obstructed view of the field. Um, and football is great to watch on TV too. Cause you know, you get all the replays and the angles and everything, but, um, I, I think there's nothing like being at a game. See that's well, hockey, NHL playoff game is a close second though. Those are, those are pretty spectacular to be at. See, that's where like the NFL, which you like, I rather be at a game and watch on TV. <laughs> I just something about it is just too much with the whether it's the commercials or this and that. There's just something about being at an NFL game that I think makes it even more interesting. Yeah, I mean, like I'm gonna watch obviously the games, but I could do if I you know choose to go to every Packers game for a season or watch like just the away games or just the home games on TV, I choose go to a game every single day of the week. Yeah. yeah I hear you. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's a tough one. Um, I, I can watch literally any baseball team play. It doesn't be, you know, T 
teams. It doesn't have to be the Rays or anything. It could be Padres, White Sox, and I could freaking watch it. Um, and that's both, like, in person and on TV. So, I don't know. And then hot, Morris, the NHL playoffs, man, that should, it, it is awesome. Oh, there's, there's nothing like that in person. There's nothing like it, man. Yeah. So, so, in person for me is the NHL. And then on TV, man, I could watch any MLB game. I got, I got uh, MLB TV. The Rays aren't playing. I'll throw, like I said, I'll throw on Pod, Padres, White Sox. I don't, I don't care. I love watching pitching. Love watching good hitting. So that's for me right there. Um, and then yeah, the NFL. I mean, like that's pretty much an either or for me as well. Like there's obviously perks of sitting at home and watching it, and seeing all the replays, and then going to a game in that atmosphere. So I definitely see both sides of the NFL argument. For me, NBA, eh, I don't know. It, it's all right. W- once a week, I go, I go watch it, but. Um, uh, you guys love that stuff, so <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I baseball in person is also great, especially if you got a good team. Um, I mean, back in the Phillies' heyday, those games. I mean, that ballpark was popping every single night. And even baseball, also. I mean, even if your team's not good, and you know, you're you're taking someone that and you're going with someone that may not be the biggest baseball fan. There's just so much to do at a baseball game at a ballpark. Uh, you know, from the food to all kinds of activities to you know watching the game too. I mean, there's tons of stuff to do at a game. So that's a great – I mean, I should have, you know, been more specific about baseball. You hit that on the head. That's also a great, you know, in-game, in-person experience. Well, that's what I also find cool about going to baseball games. I mean, just any – I mean, I've been to a lot of stadiums, you know, throughout my life, and every single one is kind of – there's stuff around it. There's, you know, so even if you're not going to the game or you, you know, decide, like, hey, let's just go into the game later, you know, if we don't have tickets or whatnot and – get them like the second inning or whatever you know there's always stuff to do there's bars there's restaurants there's i mean anywhere you go there's stuff like that and there's something about baseball too because it's more locally you know like no one from right it's it's a regional sport yeah no one from the middle of the country is going to you know a game unless they happen to be in that area right no one's picking a specific game to go to Mm. i'm gonna go you know it's always the fans whether it's the away team and, you know, obviously it's mostly the home team. So that's what makes it a lot of fun too because football games to me, like they're a lot of fun to go to, but a lot of it can become like corporate. Right. You know, where, you know, you're tailgating and all that. But, I mean, I can count so many games I've been to where people show up in like the second quarter and leave in the third quarter and they don't even care about going there. But like with baseball, and baseball is the same way too. That's why I always say, like, the real fans sit in the upper decks because everybody, everybody's glued to it, whether it's every pitch. You know, if it's basketball, it's every every possession. It's football, every play, whatnot. That's where the real fans sit. Yeah, baseball, too. Like, I mean, you, you can go to a baseball game and really get the full experience of the stadium itself. And, you know, you can check out all the different wrinkles and kinks that a stadium has. Like, if you're going – I mean, you're going to a, ba- or a basketball or a hockey – or a football game, you're not going to see, you know, the stadium. You're going to see the game. Baseball, you know, there's so many different, like each ballpark has its own unique set of, you know, activities or luxury suites or, you know, food, everything. So there's more, there, there's more extracurricular, you know, things and activities to do at a baseball game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but you hit it right on the head with the uniqueness. I mean, every stadium is fitted differently, you know? Right. You know, just based on its dimensions. And even you can even go as far as like the in between inning stuff, the pregame stuff, the whether it's the post game win song, 
you know, whatever it is. Even for hockey, you can do that too with the goal. Mm-hmm. I know everybody has a different goal, so, you know, different goal song, and, you know, people get rowdy there. And I haven't been to a hockey game in probably five years. So, but that's what, you know, kind of makes it a lot better being there. Yeah, for sure. So, um, since I know you guys love the, that NBA stuff, let's uh, let's talk about some of that. Um, who do you guys think is the hottest team in basketball right now going into the All-Star break? Hottest team? Uh, probably the team I'm watching right now on TV, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think they've won like 11 to 12. Certainly the hottest team in the West. Uh, East, you could, you could definitely sit Milwaukee, but they've kind of been hot all year. I mean, they've been running rampant over the whole league. Um, but OKC, I really think, you know, I mean, we say the same thing about them every year, basically, you know, it's can they get it done in the playoffs when it matters? You know, is Westbrook going to chuck up 40 shots a night come playoff time and overpress and they're going to choke it away, which they've done the last couple of years. I don't think they've won a playoff series since uh, since Durant left. But this year, I mean, really, you know, they've gotten they got rid of Mello. Paul George is completely, you know ingratiated in that second role and really, you know, the star role, he's having an MVP type season is really kind of replicated what Durant did for them, um, you know, before he left, obviously. But uh, I mean, yeah, they're just, I mean, they got, they got a versatile team. They can defend uh, they're athletic. They got multiple creators um, and they've really been, they've really been playing some of their best basketball the last couple of weeks. And I think they're definitely, if, if you had to ask me one team right now, who poses the biggest threat to the Warriors in the Western conference, I'd say it's them just because they could probably, you know, they can match up with them best as anyone can. Um, you know, you can throw Paul George on Durant and you can at least limit him a little bit. Um, you know, they've got those athletic cards. They've got Jeremy Grant, who's a good defender. Adams always hurts them too. Um, and I've really liked, you know, the way they've been playing recently. So, I, yeah, I'd probably say they are. Yeah, I, the Thunder, I mean, Paul George is having an MVP type season. <laughs> really, I mean. If they make it far in the playoffs, I wouldn't. I would not be surprised to see him. I know the playoffs aren't supposed to count for MVP, but you know they're not there without him. Uh, you know, and like you said, the Bucks have been hot all year. I mean, in my opinion, I think Giannis uh, should win it. I just think he's just an overall complete player and should win MVP the next four years probably. Um, and back on your Warriors point, I don't think anybody's going to challenge the Warriors. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Thunder, like, like, yeah, and say the Thunder will do have the best chance, but that chance is very, very small in my. Opinion. Well, we said that last year, and I mean, the Rockets were arguably a Chris Paul pulled Hammy away from pulling off that upset. I mean, they were up three two in the series before he got hurt. So, well, I mean, I know the easy thing to say is no one's going to beat the Warriors, and no one probably will. But I do think the Thunder pose some some matchup difficulties for them, in large part because I mean, I know that the Warriors have Boogie now, but. You know, is Boogie really – can we really count on him to play big minutes and big playoff games, um, you know, going against great competition? And, I mean, Adams has a lot of damage against them. Adams, you know, he bangs on the boards. He gets a lot of offensive rebounds. So, I think that's an advantage. I think I think he will be. I mean, you still have to realize that he's still a month into, you know, being back. And there's a difference between being in, you know, practice shape and playing shape. So, uh you know, I think he's going to be big for them, Boogie. But it's just going to come, you know. It's still a few months left in the season. Eventually, at some point, he'll be playing, you know, 60%, 70% in the game. And he'll be ready to go. You know, I think this playoffs is going to be fun, though, because I do think the Warriors, you know, this is going to sound crazy to say with them having five all-stars on the team. But I think this is probably their weakest team just because, 
they really have like it's them. There's no no mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala in the past has been really good off the bench. Uh, Sean Livingston's been really good off the bench and all that. And they just they just don't have anybody this year to come off the bench where, you know, if oh if Clay's got to take a, a breather or Durant's got to take one, whatever. There's no one that you're scared of coming off that bench, and that's when you see these on the Warriors. I mean, the first four games they lost at home were all by over 20 points. So right, they were getting blown out a lot early in the year at home. Yeah, is- so it's gonna be. It's going to be interesting. That's what I mean. It is crazy to say that this, I, in my opinion, is the weakest they've been in the last few years. But it's because of you know, unless those guys are all going to play crazy minutes. You know, I don't know, but that's just that's just how I feel about it. And I think the East is going to be surprising and challenging them. You know? Yeah, no, the East is going to be fun. I mean, those the second round and conference finals of the East playoffs. You know, no matter what the matchups are, you got to assume it's going to be. Boston, Toronto, Philly, and Milwaukee, some sort of combination of those four. I mean, that's going to be a bloodbath, the second round, to see who gets out of there and then who gets out of the, you know, who wins the conference finals too. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I think any of the four teams could pose probably those four and the and the Thunder probably all pose the biggest threat to the Warriors and, and all. Um, I mean, I don't see the Warriors having any problem with anybody else. And they'll probably end up steamrolling to a title again, but – you know, I mean, we've seen the Raptors, you know, give the Warriors problems in regular season games. Um, you know, we saw the Bucks go into Oracle and win by 20-plus early in the year. The Sixers just went in there and won, too. Um, so those teams, I mean, they're not going to be afraid. They can definitely hang with them. But, you know, are these teams that really have never been on that stage before? Um, I mean, can we really count on them to actually beat them? Probably not. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Uh, if anything... I don't know if they'll steamroll over with whoever makes it out of the East, but you know it's definitely going to be a great year to watch the playoffs. You know, all all the rounds do. Sometimes those first round matchups can get a little, you know. Yeah. Wild. Well, the, the the West matchups early on, I think, will be fun too. Even if none of these teams really have a chance to beat the Warriors. Oh, is, oh yeah. Those those matchups are going to be fun. Absolutely. I mean, it's like it's almost like watching you know in March Madness when you watch that first four game, right? And you right. See, uh, you know, the two 16 seeds going at to play the, the overall number one seed. I mean, that's what it is. It's fun to watch because it is, you know, entertaining and it is fun. But ultimately, you know, they're probably walking to you know, the end of their season very quickly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's how I feel it is. What do you think of Luke Walton? You think he's going to be around? Come- I I think this season. I mean, he'll he'll be around the rest of this year. I think if they would have if they were going to fire him, they would have fired him. You know, trade deadline or, I guess it's All Star break right now. But I mean, they they already played their last game of the All Star break the other night, and they lost to the freaking the freaking Hawks <laughs> all teams. That was, uh, that was a bloodbath. Yeah, I had money on them too. I had money on them and the Sixers that night in the parlay. They both they both lost. Yep. Um, but that's the same. Point. Same with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um. No, I mean he'll he'll survive the season. Um, I actually I think he's a pretty good coach, honestly. I think he gets kind of a bad rap because you know I mean I love LeBron. I think he's I mean, he's, he's not coachable, but yeah, he's not coachable. I mean, like we've seen this every every place he's gone now. I mean, he wanted Spolstra out in those you know that first season there, and Pat Riley made him stick it out, and you know that served that that was a benefit for them. Spolstra obviously, you know, was the right man for that job. They won championships with him and he's gone on to be one of the better coaches in the NBA, even after LeBron. Um, and then, you know, we saw him run David Blatt out of town and was just blatantly disrespectful to Blatt. And, you know, Blatt was probably underqualified for that role. 
Um, you know, they hired him before before LeBron came back, so they probably wouldn't have done that had they known LeBron was going to come back. But you know, he kind of handpicked T. Lou because it was sort of his guy, even though T. Lou, you know, almost any might not have been the best X's and O's guy. He was sort of you know a, a motivator. He was a babysitter essentially. You know, he was a babysitter for Jr. and those and those clowns on that team. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Walton. I think Walton gets a bad rap, man. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's a smart mind. He played in the NBA. He clearly knows basketball. He got those guys to play pretty hard for him last year, um, even when they were less talented. And you know, I mean, the the whole vibe out of there all season has just been, you know, LeBron's trying to get this guy fired. And maybe if he's not doing it directly, you know, there's clearly rumblings behind the scenes. There's body language. There's passive aggressiveness. All the stuff that LeBron loves to do. You know, there was magic calling out and reaming out Walton in a, in a, in a meeting early in the season, you know, after like 10 games into the year, like what the, what the hell does magic expect? Uh, the brand new freaking team. You expect these guys to come out of the gates like gangbusters. I mean, no, you have no defense out there. I mean, you haven't given them good personnel. There's no, there's not, there's not even anybody close to a star talent on that team outside of LeBron. Um, so I, I mean, I think he's been dealt, he's been dealt an impossible hand. I mean, it's not his fault. Um, but I mean, if they miss the playoffs, I think you can you can kiss him goodbye. Whether it's fair or not, he's not going to be back if they don't make the playoffs, and that's that's in big jeopardy right now. I mean, obviously they'd be in the playoffs had LeBron not got hurt, um, but you know he got hurt. It happened, and you know the whole AD trade saga happened. It didn't happen the trade, but you know I mean they they're trying to rebound from all that all that commotion, and that's got to be wearing on those players' minds. And it's going to be tough for them down the stretch because you got you know the Clippers are probably going to fall off after the trade, but. You got a team like the Kings that's young, they're hungry, they're scrappy, and they're just, I mean, they're just quite frankly a better team than the Lakers right now. So they got their they got their work cut out for them down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, this team, I think that Lakers team just doesn't look good. Uh, and I honestly think it hurt a lot that what went on the last two weeks with, you know, the Anthony Davis talk and then nothing happening. You know, there's just, you can't come back from that as a team, you know, no matter what, especially with a team full of guys who were first-round picks, second-round picks, are playing really well, you know, thought they were playing really well, you know, going into before LeBron got hurt. And then even as LeBron was hurt, they were playing decent. You know, weren't winning games a ton, but they were playing decent. And have him come back and then all of a sudden be like, yeah, I want these all these guys gone. I mean, obviously, we don't know if he said that, but we can pretty much, you know, think he did. Uh it's just not good. Just no good vibes over there. And, no, I, I yeah, think... I mean, I, yeah. So I thought I thought they turned a corner too. I mean, they beat Boston and Boston in that thrilling, you know, last second win when Rondo hit the buzzer beater. Yeah, You're thinking all right, maybe they can move past it. And then they go out and the Sixers, you know, kick the shit out of them on national television oh. last Sunday. And then they go down to Atlanta and they lose to the freaking Hawks. So I mean, clearly any issues that I thought you know might have been solved by that by that impressive win over Boston. Were, were mitigated and, you know, rendered moot because they've lost two straight games in a pretty embarrassing fashion since. Yeah, and then here's a guy I want to talk about who who I want to, you know, star the uh, underdog of the week in uh, Dennis Smith Jr. He is having a great two weeks so far with the Maver- uh, with the Knicks. I'm sorry, not the Mavericks. That's the team. <laughs> so, you know, I think – He's you now he's playing his way into being you know the guy you know the point guard for the New York Knicks in the next few years. Uh, it's almost like poetic justice too. It's like we couldn't get you somehow, some way. It didn't go right in in you know, Dallas. 
you know, because all of a sudden they got Doncic and, you know, they just love their uh, Europeans over there in Dallas. And, oh, yeah, they do. You know, and then Dennis Smith Jr. comes here and it's going to ball out. That's exactly what you want. And he's going to, I mean, you'll see at some point, you know, I think Nilakina Nil, Nil will be gone. Uh, and then Dennis Smith Jr. is going to take it over. And I think he's going to play great, uh, you know, next year, you know, considering if Durant comes here, if, you know, you don't even need Kyrie. I mean, I would love Kyrie. I do want him. He wants to be here. Uh, but even if you don't happen to get him, it's not the end of the world because you do have, you know, Dennis Smith Jr., who is playing really well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's just playing lights out. I've always liked him. And I think he deserves the underdog of the week because he's doing, you know, something a lot of people didn't think he could do after the seasons he's, he's been having so far. So, Yeah, he's looked pretty good. He looked pretty good against the Sixers last night, too. Um, definitely doesn't lack confidence, I'll say that. Oh, no, he does not. No, nah, uh, Dennis Smith Jr. is a hell of a player. I, I enjoy watching him play. Um, staying in the East real quick, um, who do we think comes out on top? Milwaukee or Toronto? I'm thinking Toronto. Well, are we are we are we factoring in the Sixers here or the uh, <laughs> or the Celtics? I mean, I've got to factor in those teams. Well, well, eh, I was more saying who who gets that one seat for? Oh, okay. Us. Who gets the one seed? Um, I think the Bucks probably hang on to it. Um, I think Toronto could possibly be a bigger threat come playoff time. So I kind of like you know all the versatile lineups they can play, and I like them better defensively a little bit more. Um, but the Bucks have, you know, clearly shown that they they've just been ripping teams off the court with with shooting and spacing and all kinds of room to work for Giannis. You know, just terrorizing people going to the basket. Um, they're you know they've been a well oiled machine all year, and I think they'll probably hang on to that one seed. They're probably going to win sixty games. Yeah, yeah, I think the Bucks are. If you were to rank them, it's out of those four teams. It's the Bucks are one, and then everybody else is one A, one B, one C. That's just the Bucks are on just another level right now, and which is kind of impressive because this has been the same team for the last few years. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same personnel. I mean, they've got some more shooters now, but they really, I mean, it's Budenholzer and the system that he's installed, and yeah, you know, that's really turned their turned that team around. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy to think about that these guys have been together for you know a while. I mean, they've had some pickups, like you said, but for the most part, it's been guys who have been here, you know, for a few years and now all of a sudden it's, well, we always knew the potential and you could always see the potential was there. Right. And now it's finally all coming together and, and it could pay off big this year. You know? Yeah. I, I will say, I don't think they're going to come out of the East. I don't think they're going to represent. I don't think they're going to go to the finals. Who do, um, who do you, think? I, I mean, I think they have a chance. I'm not going to say they, they, I mean, it obviously wouldn't shock me. Um, but if I, if gun to my head today, who do I think comes out of the East? I'm going to go with Toronto. Uh, I don't know. Toronto is just one of those teams to me is that, you know, they play really well, obviously, you know, that you know what you're going to get from them every night, but I think they're beatable with, uh, you know, even like, I think the Sixers can beat them in a, in a series. Uh, I think the Sixers, you know, they're very good. Kawhi, like, Kawhi terrorizes Ben Simmons. Yeah. I well, I, yeah, but it's like, you know, do we really think that, you know, because you got to think again, the four game series, you know, you know, at some point somebody's going to be picked up that, you know, that's going to be shut down one game and go off another game and whatnot. That's just how those series go. Yeah. I think a better offensive team, so some like the Bucks or like the Sixers. The Celtics, on, you know, I think the Celtics and Raptors are pretty much even. 
But those mm-hmm. better offensive teams come postseason time are definitely, you know, in my opinion, the favorites to come out of the East. Yeah, nah, it makes sense. Uh, I mean, I like I said, I could see any of the four teams coming out. Um, but, to, I mean, Toronto's not – you know, they're not going to be – this isn't the DeRozan Raptors we're talking about here. This is, a, you know, a completely different animal. This is the Kawhi Raptors. Um, and whether he's leaving or not at the end of the year, which I believe and I think most people believe he is, um, which could, you know, play a part in, in possibly them not going as far. You know, that could be on the minds of the players. It could be on his mind, like, you know, what the hell I'm leaving here at the end of the year anyway. So, you know, why, why do this now? Uh, but all indications, I mean, the whole year they've been, they've been good and they've seemed like they've been able to put that to the side. So um, just in terms of matchups, in terms of versatility, I, I probably like them the best, but. You know, it could change in a couple weeks. That's the thing, you know, because I think all four of those teams at the top are really, really good. And, you know, it all depends on who's gelling right at the right time. Yeah, no, definitely. No, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if all four teams, you know, had a legit shot of winning, you know, that E spot. But I think that the two offensive teams, you know, in the Sixers and the Bucks, I think those have, they have the better chances, though. Damn, not giving those Pacers a chance, huh? No. Uh, no. I didn't love them even before the Oladipo injury. I mean, they're a great story. They're a gritty team. They scrap. They fight hard. They got a lot of good players. Um, but, I, I mean, when it comes down to it. No way. All time, you need, you know, and their one star who, I mean, Oladipo was their one star. And I didn't even think they were really a true threat even before he got hurt. And I know they've stayed afloat, you know, since he, since he got hurt. They've still been playing well, but. You know, you look at the schedule, you look at the teams they've beaten, you know, they've beaten the Hornets and the Cavs and the Lakers, who we talked about are in complete disarray. <laughs> um, you know, they've beaten some crap teams, and I think they're bound to fall off. I mean, they're obviously still going to be in the playoffs, and they'll still be there probably, you know, in that 4-5 or five matchup. And, you know, they'll probably be the fifth seed. Um, and they could, you know, I mean, they'll, they'll, they could hang tough in the series. They'll be a tough out because they, they do have a lot of pride. They play hard. Um, they got a lot of good veterans on that team, but I, I don't really actually see them being being a threat to, to beat anybody. If you're asking me who the – I mean, we've talked about them a couple times now on the pod, but I still think the scariest team to play, you know, out of those lower East seeds for, for any of the top teams is Brooklyn. Oh my all the God. firepower they got. Oh, my God. Dude, they're tough, man. You see, you watched that, that Raptors-Nets game the other night. That was entertaining as hell. They, they, took, they took Toronto down to the, to the very end. Russell was going back and forth with Kawhi. I mean, if you're asking me in the series, like, I mean, this is why, I mean, Indiana's a good team, but this is why I don't fear them like that. I'm looking at teams that have guys at the end of the game that are confident and that are going to get buckets and that know they can get buckets and that they know they can score at anybody. Brooklyn has two guys and Russell and Dinwiddie when he comes back, they, they can score on anybody. And at the end of the game, I mean, that's a huge luxury to have to know that you've got playmakers on the perimeter that can shoot, they can create for others. They can get to the basket, do anything they want with, you know, with the ball, get anywhere that they want. That's what really, you know, come playoff time because, you know, offensive systems sort of get thrown out a little bit come playoff time because everybody knows what you're going to do. You know, the game planning is so is so hard and intense. You, you just got to have somebody that's going to be able to beat you off the dribble and beat you one-on-one. And they have guys that do that. They have guys that strike fear in you. So, I mean, that's not to say that they're actually going to beat somebody, but they're going to be a tough out come playoff time no matter who they play. Uh, I think I think that's uh, no. I don't think they had stand the chance in the playoffs. Uh, uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. I think they can take. I so, think they can. Right now, I mean, I'm, my my just my guess is going to be the Pacers drop to five, and then it's a toss up between you know three and four. Um, Brooklyn's going to stay at the six. So I mean, I think Brooklyn could hang with Boston and Philadelphia for six games easily. I do too. I, no, I totally agree. That's why I, I don't want to be. You know, if I'm as a Sixers fan, I want to stay out of that. I'd rather almost be the four seed than the three seed because I'd rather play an Oladipo-less Indiana team in round one, who I know I'm going to beat probably five games, rather than a Brooklyn team that, you know, has really given the Sixers fits all year and I think could give Boston fits too just because of that playmaking and firepower. I I don't know. I think it's in a four-game series, it's a lot to ask. Yeah, maybe they not fall whether it's the Sixers or whoever in one game. Yeah, but it's a lot of games to play in a row, and I just don't think they stand a chance, you know, back-to-back-to-back against teams, especially, you know, especially because we just – I mean, we literally just said that. We wouldn't be surprised if those four teams coming out of the East, uh, you know, those top four teams go to the championship. So I don't think they stand a chance in the Nets and the Pacers – I yeah, like Morris said, I didn't think they were really good. You know, they were a quality team. They're not good enough to do make any noise. And you know, kind of with the old depot injury, teams seem to play a little bit better sometimes when their superstar on the team is out because you have to learn how to actually play basketball and not, hey, well, let's dump it to you know our superstar and let him make a play. So that's why I feel like teams get into a better you know. Yeah, they they don't may not win, but they do get into a better you know little better flow of the game because they actually are forced to play and not kind of held back by whether it's a superstar or two superstars or whatnot. But there's no shot they stand a chance either come playoff time. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I just wanted to see your uh, your guys' takes. I just can't. I just couldn't believe they won six in a row after like losing a star like that. So that was a quick bounce back. Yeah, give them credit. Give them yeah. credit. I mean, no doubt for staying in it. Um, but like I said, they have been playing crap teams. And I think, you know, I've looked at their schedule. It's not it's not the easiest down the stretch. I think they're they're due to fall off a little bit. Word. Um, so before well, – I say words. That's weird. But anyway, <laughs> before we move on to uh, MLB, um, uh, let's uh, – all-star, all-star game winner, uh, Team Giannis or Team LeBron? Morris, go. Got to go Team LeBron. Uh, I don't know what Giannis is doing drafting. He's drafting all centers like we're still playing in the in the seventies here. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously everybody's an all star. Everybody's a talented player, so anyone can win. But uh, LeBron's team clearly has more talent, so I'll go with LeBron. Yeah, I I'd have to say LeBron. I mean, LeBron probably picked every you know free agent in the next two or three years, <laughs> and uh, you know. Probably try to talk him up, maybe buy him dinner, tell him about the LA lifestyle. On is, Ky- is Kyrie with LeBron too? He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I think it might be a bloodbath from All Star game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Giannis smoked a nice blunt right before. Uh, yeah, before I don't know what he was thinking, man. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, drafted all centers. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe they're just gonna do a bunch of dunks the whole time. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, let's uh let's move on to some MLB. Um, so for MLB going forward, before the start of the season, we're gonna we're gonna roll through each division, um, and then we're we're gonna be starting with the NL Central. So uh, each week, I'm gonna ask who you guys think is gonna win 
each division and we'll talk about it a little bit. Um, so for the central Dom, who do you think is going to come out on top this season and why? Uh, I think the Steelers. I think they are definitely have the best offense and the Cubs. I haven't really liked the Cubs this all season. It feels like there's a little bit of turmoil over there. Uh, it just doesn't. I mean, and you have a superstar in Yelich, right? Uh, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if uh, Mustak is somehow back. You know, it, I just rather. I think the Brewers. It's their time, kind of time to make their run again. Like you saw, you know, back in the day when they had traded for CC and they kind of CC pitched his, you know, life out that season to get to the playoffs. But I think the the Brewers end up taking it. I just. Their other the surprise team, I would say, is the Reds. I think the Reds are sneaky good. Uh, obviously, that big trade with the Dodgers, you know, over the offseason. I think Puig is going to have just a breakout year. You know, has you know, probably his best year since his you know rookie year in the league. Uh, and I think Sonny Gray, as much as I hated him over here in New York, oh, I think he's going to. I think he'll have a good season. Uh, he's reunited with uh, his old pitching coach over at Vanderbilt. Uh, and it's good that he gets away from, you know, he gets away from the media and whatnot in New York. Uh, but I would definitely not be surprised if come, you know, October, or come end of September, you're, we're talking about the Reds and the Brewers, you know, making a run for NL Central and the Cubs are kind of in a third place. And that's saying something because the Cubs are just absolutely, you know, star studded. And we all know what they can do. Clearly, they won the World Series a few years ago. They were in it this year until, you know, that wild card matchup where they ended up losing to the Brewers. Uh, the Pirates, I think the Pirates are, I don't know what's going on over there in Pittsburgh. They're kind of like, it's like they get good and they just blow it up. It's almost like, uh, you know, not to, not to throw stones at you, Tino, but it's almost like the race where they get good and they blow it up. And, you know, that's kind of what they're doing right now. And that's, you know, and I think the Brewers just come out, and then the Reds probably two, Cubs three, Pirates five, and I forgot what the other team is in the NL Central. Cardinals. Car- you got the Cardinals at four? Oh, no, no, no. Cardinals at three, Cubs at four. Oh, you got the Cubs finishing fourth? Wow. Yeah. Jeez. I think the Reds are going to be very a big surprise team this year. Now the Reds, like, they did have a good offseason. I like that tweet trade. Um, I mean, quick. the Cardinals, and the Cardinals had a good offseason, too. I just think the Reds are going to be the better team this year. Uh, you know, Paul Goldschmidt going to the Cardinals is a huge pickup, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. But, yeah. you know, the Cardinals, it seems to me the Cardinals, too. They, yeah, they had those years that they were really good, playoffs every year whatnot. They've kind of been up and down, you know, you know, depending on the month, you know, last few years. So, I just think I just think the Reds are ready. I think they, they loaded up this offseason. You know, I think they're going to make a run, real you know, kind of surprise run for the NL Central. But the Brewers eventually, I think, went out. Yeah, I like I like the Brewers to win the division too. Um, I think they're the deepest team. I mean, they showed that last year. They were really, um, I mean, the Cubs led that division for pretty much. I think they led it the entire season around that until you know the last the last day when the Brewers tied them and beat them in that playoff game. Um, you could kind of see where the where the flow of that was going down the stretch. Um, but the Brewers were the better team, and 
I like that to carry over. I think the Brewers, you know, they clearly built a lot of confidence last year. You know, they got a taste of the playoffs. Um, came within a game of the World Series. Um, you know, probably weren't as good as, as the Dodgers. Um, but, you know, still had a great season. They got a deep lineup up and down. You know, we'll see yeah, if they get Moustakas back or not. Um, but obviously, Yelich and, you know, Aguilar and all that firepower they got there. Um, that, you know, that deep bullpen. Um, I think they're probably, they're probably still the team to beat in the division. And you're right about the Cubs. I mean, I don't know what the, uh, what the, what the turmoil is there. I mean, obviously they won the world series two years ago, you know, they made the playoffs a couple years in a row. And even though they were winning last year, it just seemed like, I think they were, weren't they like second in the league or something in, in games with one run or fewer or something like that, even though they were winning. It was like either they scored like 12 runs or they got shut out. Um, and down the stretch, it really reared its ugly head. You know, you saw a lot of games down the stretch where they just couldn't, they just couldn't hit. And it doesn't make any sense for a team with that much talent, with that much names on offense, with Rizzo and Bryant and Baez, um, you know, why they didn't hit more. And, you know, they fired their hitting coach over the offseason. Apparently he had a, he had a frosty relationship with Chris Bryant, you know, amongst some other guys. So, We'll see if that changes there. You know, there were rumors that Madden was going to be fired too, which was would have been pretty bizarre two years after, you know, leading that team to their first World Series in 108 years. But, uh, you know, he's back. But you're right. I don't love the vibe with them. You know, they they had a lot. They had bullpen issues down the stretch last year too. And Brandon Morrow, the guy that was supposed to solve a lot of those last year who got hurt, um, you know, he had injuries all year, missed the stretch run. He's, I think, just came out yesterday. He's going to miss the start of the season probably again. Still hasn't recovered from the injury. That's not a good sign. Um, yeah, it seems like things might be growing stale a little bit there. I mean, they could still talent their way to 90-plus wins and, and a playoff berth. But uh, I, I like the Brewers overall more. Um, and I like the Reds, too. I mean, they did a good offseason. I like that trade. Getting, getting Puig, um, you know, getting Matt Kemp, who, you know, I don't love him. You know, he had a big first half last year, tailed off in the second half. But, you know, still a quality veteran player. They still got Votto. I like their infield, Jeanette, Suarez. Um, you know, I'm not so sure about their pitching outside of uh, outside of Wood. But uh, they're definitely in charge. Um, and the Cardinals, too. I mean, with Goldschmidt, you know, that's, the Cardinals, are, you know, that's a, that's a quality organization. They're always going to be in it. Um, you know, no matter if they make the playoffs or not, they, they never really have a bad season. So, it's probably one of the deeper divisions in baseball. Um, I'd probably go, if I had to predict the standings, I'd go Brewers, Cubs, uh, Reds, Cardinals, Pirates last. The Pirates are awful. Wow. You both have the Cardinals fourth. Cardinals, I could see that. I mean, I'm more taking the Reds just because I like the underdog story there, and I think that they could they could surprise some people too. Um, so, I mean, I could easily see the Cardinals. Three, four is sort of a toss-up. I like Brewers one, Cubs two, Pirates five, and then three, four is a toss-up between the Reds or the uh, or the Cardinals. Yeah, so for me, so the Reds definitely made some really good moves. Um, but, I mean, their number one is Sonny Gray, who you saw him in New York last year. Um, he wasn't number one material. Do I think he will be better in the non-New York environment? Absolutely. I mean, he was a stud with the A's. We all know that. Um, laid back culture. I think that's what Cincinnati's going to bring. I think it's going to be fine for them. Um, I mean, their rotation's fine. You know, him, Panarello, Ark, Alex Wood, Luis Castillo, and uh, um, Scofolani. They got a good closer in Rizel Iglesias. Um, I mean, their lineup's just, it's fine. 
you know, Jose, I mean, Joey Votto is going to be, you know, Joey Votto, Henio Suarez, Gannett, adding Puig was huge. Um, you know, they're good up the middle with Peraza as well. So they'll be a good team. They'll, they're going to compete in the NL Central for sure. Um, I mean, they don't really have a, a center fielder right now, which is a little bit of a problem, um, or a catcher really. I mean, their catchers are, you know, low on the totem pole as far as the MLB goes. Um, but they'll, they'll be all right. I think they'll be better. And I think they're a couple years away. I think they're a Cubs fallout away from getting up there in the NL Central. Um, for me, the, the team in the NL Central would be is the Cardinals. I mean, the, uh, the addition of Paul Goldschmidt is bigger than people are, are looking at right now. Um, I mean, he adds that top of the lineup. Matt Carmeter, Paul Goldschmidt. Paul DeJong, Marcelo Zuna. I mean, that is a powerhouse at the top of the order right there. And then even at their bottom of the order, Yadier Molina, Colton Wong, Harrison Bader. Like, I don't, I don't want to pitch to anyone one through eight, one through eight in that lineup. I really don't. Um, and for the Brewers, just not enough pitching for me, um, starting pitching anyway. And I, I don't think they can repeat another great season like they had with no starting pitching. If they make a couple moves, sure, I'll maybe I'll hop back on the bandwagon. But right now, I can't see them winning the division, um, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna doubt the Cubs until I see it um, with a lineup like theirs, and then with a pitching staff like theirs. I just I can't give up on them just yet. Um, I mean, you know, they still got Bryant, they still got Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber. If, if all those guys have good years, they're going to be insanely tough to beat. Darvish should be healthy um, for their starting rotation. They still have Lester, Hamels, Hendricks, Quintana. So, uh, I don't know. The only, the real weak, weak link in the division is the Pirates. I don't think they're going to stand a chance against anybody. Um, my boy Chris Archer, you know, he's there, but I, I don't know how well he's going to do this year coming off that hernia surgery. Um so for me, I got a, I got Cardinals one, um, Cubs two, Brewers three, Reds four, Pirates five. Oh, yeah, I like. I think the consensus is Brewers one and Pirates five for sure. <laughs> well, it's not a consensus. Yeah, the Cardinals are gonna be number one. Oh, you just said Cardinals one. Oh, my bad. What are you talking wrong. about? Man? I heard that wrong. My bad. I thought I said Brewers <laughs> one. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, anyway, um. Oh, what was I going to say? So, who do you think has the uh... – oh, yeah, we, we just talked about it. Um, the best lineup out of the Central, uh, for me, it's either the Cardinals or the Cubs. I mean, the Brewers have a great lineup, too. It really I like, is stacked I like in the, the Brewers lineup, yeah. It really is stacked in the Central. Oh, oh man. I will say that I think the NL Central will be the best division this year. You know, yeah, sometime, most of the time it's the AL East – Occasionally, NL, the NL East, you know, sometimes the NL West, but I think the NL Central this year will take the cake. Yeah, that's uh, I, I would probably agree with that. Um, oh, I have one more tidbit for the Reds. Um, you know, their pitcher Michael Lorenzen, who would like occasionally start, come in relief, had some pitch hit appear, pinch hitting appearances. They actually yeah. want him to start playing the outfield in spring training because he can what? hit. The guy can hit. Yeah. <laughs> Because he can rake. <laughs> Nothing like a pitcher that can rake. I do love that. Yeah, like, like, like I said, they don't have a center fielder because they lost Billy Hamilton to the, uh, to the Royals. 
Uh, that's right. So right now it's like a bunch of prospects and then they're like, Lorenzen starts swinging a bat more, you know? <laughs> so we'll see. How, we'll see how that, we'll see about that story. They'll probably keep us updated with the, with that during spring training. Um, I don't know, I'm super excited for, for the season this year. Um, what's not exciting is Harper and Machado and Kimbrell and Adam Jones are still not signed. Keuchel. Keuchel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gio Gonzalez. I mean, he's on the lower oh. end, but I mean, none of these guys are signed and it's. Fuck Scott Boris. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, let's move on from baseball. We still got six weeks away for uh, opening day. Um, let's go to the top twenty-five college basketball. Um, it's going to be an awesome weekend of college basketball. I'm I'm stoked right now. Um, I'm looking at some of the matchups right now. We got Duke against NC State. Um, Tennessee Kentucky is a doozy. It's going to be awesome. Um, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan, Maryland, Tech, Baylor, Purdue, Penn State. I mean, these are these are all really good games. Iowa State, Kansas State um, on Saturday. It's another good one. So we're looking at a bunch of good college basketball. Um, I think an underrated game is Cincinnati against Wichita State. That's that's going to be a good one too. Oh, that is a good one. You're right. That's that is underrated. Yeah. Cincinnati is a fun team to watch, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so. A team that's not in the top 10, but it's in the top 25. Um, what team do you think could actually make a tournament run here? A team that's, that, that's not in the top 25? Not in the top 10. So 11 oh, through 25. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, you want to go first, Tom? <laughs> I had to look up who the rankings are. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's the one thing I didn't expect coming tonight. Uh well, I can switch it over. All right. Can, yeah. Tennessee, Tennessee against Kentucky. Who do you think wins this weekend? Tennessee. I like Tennessee, most, too. Most complete team. In yeah, it. Kentucky's reeling a little bit, too, after that loss to LSU the other night. I like I like Tennessee. I think it's a statement game, too, for them. Yeah, I think uh, easily, Tennessee's easily the most uh, complete team in the country, in my opinion. Uh, um, yeah. 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 You know, you want to say, you know, that could be a 1A is Duke, but I think Tennessee is definitely the most complete team. Uh, and then I think the upset of the week is going to come in that Maryland Michigan game. I think Maryland's going to beat them. As much as that pains me to say, because I absolutely hate Maryland, but I think Michigan is just not like they're just not great. They way too you know scary on offense with you know them either they're a hot or not team. That's how it is. I mean they struggled against Penn State twice. I know they lost the other day to Penn State, but. They struggled against them at home. They struggled against Minnesota this year. I just don't think that they're what everybody's expecting them to be, you know, this time in the season. Yeah, I kind of like that. And to answer your first question, you know, the team that I like, um, kind of in that 11 to, to 25 range. Um, early in the year, I would have said Buffalo. You know, they were really turning some heads. They obviously had the nice run in the, in the, uh, in the tournament last year, but they've kind of been – They've been falling off a little bit. Uh, they're all the way down to 25th after having, you know, being in the top 20, I think even in the top 15 um, at one point. I like uh, – I, I kind of like Kansas State, who we talked about last week on the pod. Um, obviously, they, they had a tough loss the other night to Kansas at home um, and an opportunity to really make a statement, although they go to overtime. Um, but they made a run last year. I think they got all the way to the Elite Eight. Um, they upset Kentucky in the tournament too. So, you know, they've been there. They've done that. A lot of the same guys in the team. Um, and looking at, you know, the rest of the teams, I don't 
you know, I, I, I like the way Louisville was playing earlier in the year. They've sort of started to fall off a little bit. They blew a game against Florida State over the weekend, and then they obviously had that horrific loss the other night to Duke up 23. <laughs> Everybody ready to praise them, and then the wheels just totally fell off in the last eight minutes of that game. Um, and then, you know, Wisconsin, I kind of liked them earlier in the year. They've started to slip a little bit. Um, don't count out Nova either. Um, they're currently ranked 13th. Um, you know, had a great game against Marquette on Saturday. One of the better games I've watched all season. Um, Marcus Howard, you know, going back and forth uh, with, with Pascal and Booth on Nova. Uh, that was really a great game. Um, you know, obviously Marquette won by one, but game could have gone either way. Um, and they're going to play again, you know, I think in a couple weeks um, in Villan- at, at Villanova. Um, but, yeah, you can't count them out, you know. Two national championships in the last three years. Uh, you know, veteran coach, veteran players, they know how to get it done. Uh, so, yeah, don't don't cap them out either. Um, and I guess Kansas, too, just because they're Kansas. Uh, they can make a run. I don't like them, but Come on. I'm never – I'm not going to count out a Bill Self team. Uh, I'm not going to count them out. I don't – I don't. you know, they're obviously a little bit weaker this year. Um, I mean, they can still make a run. They're still – you know, they're still a big-time program with big-time talent. Who knows? They can figure it out by 10 minutes time. Oh, that, that's that's just trash for us. I don't like – I mean, I don't think – I don't like them this year, no. But, I mean, you know, would anybody have said Kansas State was going to go to the Elite Eight last year? No. How much is Villanova paying you for that little plug you just gave them? The, have you not been watching them? They're freaking 11-1. and one How much – how, how much uh, did they give you for that? Oh, stop it. You, you yeah, you ready ready to declare the, the Marquette-Nova game over two minutes into the – Two minutes in the second half, Marquette goes on a little run to go up by like twelve. Uh, game's over. They came all. They came back and took the lead. Well, Marquette did win the game, so yeah, by one. And <laughs> Nova still had a chance to win after being down by double digits in the second half on the road. Uh, uh, but I mean, Kansas, no shot. Kansas does you know makes any sort of run in this tournament. Just way too undermanned right now, uh, and a really down year in the Big Twelve, and they're still kind of struggling to put together wins. So, no, no way they make a run. Same thing with Kansas State. I think, if anything, they're probably the team that make the run. But at the same time, kind of scary because the Big 12, again, is very weak this year. Uh, Maryland, I would say, maybe is your best bet to make a run. But, again, that kind of that team is pretty young, and I don't know if they could really you know, sustain you know, win after win. Um, you know, during this time of the season, which is obviously the most important time of the season. Uh, but if I had to pick, I think it would be Maryland. Uh, Wisconsin is just, you know, they're at Ethan Hatt is going to get what, you know, he's going to eat every single night. I think he's, you know, in terms of big men, he's definitely top five in the country. Uh, Michigan State is nothing. They've fallen off. Purdue is nothing. You know, Texas Tech, if they want to play defense, they can actually make a run, but at the same time, you know, that's a, you know, pretty much need to know when three minutes into the court, three minutes into the first half basis, you know. Uh, Florida State, I think, is trash. Louisville is trash, especially after that epic collapse they had the other night. LSU, I think they got extremely lucky the other day uh, and beating Kentucky. I don't understand how that call was made, but. I believe they said they couldn't review something about that, and they review on the time. Just, just trash. Uh, but Buffalo, I just, I don't believe in Buffalo at all. They've had some 
two bad losses in conference. I was really high on them when they went on to win Syracuse this year and beat them. So that's a tough place to win uh, the carrier dome. But I just honestly, the top 25 is just trash, especially 11 through 25. So ask me this question next week. And then, you know, maybe <laughs> uh-huh. it really is. I mean, there's only like a, the teams I like, like quote unquote, like that I think are actually really good Tennessee, Duke, Gonzaga, Virginia. And the list might end there, honestly. I like the way North Carolina was playing. You know, they lost at home to Virginia the other night. Kentucky obviously just lost. I don't like Michigan. Nevada, I guess you could throw in there as kind of a sleeper. But, you know, I, I don't know if I can count on them either. So, there's really like four teams that I think are actually really, really good. Yeah, I mean, you know it's, you know it's a trash 11 through 25 when there's one, two, there's five Big Ten teams that through 11 through 25. Oh, Big Ten stinks. <laughs> the, big, the Big Ten is just awful. That's just my opinion. I just think it's bad basketball. No, I think it stinks, too. I don't yeah, like Very soft. It's, you know, you get one or two teams that always come out to score a ton of points, and those are the teams that win. There's no, there's no, you know, one year it's Michigan. Yet another year it's Wisconsin. They go on runs. Maybe Michigan State. You know, it's. I just think it's a trash league, and then to have Louisville and Florida State at sixteen and seventeen, I know that's obviously going to change come next week, but that's just trash too. Those teams, both of those teams, I feel like are very, you know, mediocre for you know top twenty-five teams. LSU, I think the SEC is also trash in basketball, other than Tennessee and Kentucky, and the occasional Florida when they're good. But I know that going into Kentucky and you know, winning is big. But that game should have gone to overtime. And Kentucky was – I mean, I will give them that Kentucky was up a good amount. I think they were up eight or nine at the half. And, you know, LSU, two come back and, you know, put themselves in a chance – in a position to win that game is big. But, you know, ask me this question next week and I'll give you a better answer. All right, sounds good. It just sounds like everyone's trash. So. <laughs> they are. I mean, if you want – I mean, I will agree with Morris, though, that Nova – you know, is probably the best poised in 11 through 25. If you're going to the higher part of that is Villanova, and then the lower part is Maryland. But, Just because they've been there before and they've done it, you know? Yeah, and they do have some leadership on that team. And Maryland's just playing lights, you know, not playing lights out, but they're playing well above what anybody thought they would be, you know. And then, I mean, they beat Purdue the other day at home. So, <laughs> you know, this, this ranking is going to look much different come next week. Yeah, for sure. So for me, I'm not giving up on Michigan State. They're too experienced, and they have one of the best coaches to ever coach the game of college basketball. Um, so come tournament time, that's that's a team I think that can absolutely make a run towards the Final Four. Um, but yeah, everyone else pretty much is. It's a little sketchy. It's it's not good. Um, like all these teams after that, like besides Nova, pretty much only have one good player. Like. <laughs> So, I mean, it's going to be tough. I, I can see Kansas State maybe make a run with Dean Wade and, uh, you know, him having to carry the team on his back. But I don't know. There's actually a team that's outside the top 25 that I like. Cincinnati. I think I think Cincinnati. I do, tough. too. Yeah, no, I like them. I, I like them, too. They're, they're a tough, scrappy team. I don't, I don't love – like I said, I don't know if they could make a run in the tournament or anything like that, but I do think they're not going to be an easy team to beat when it comes to the tournament. They got upset last year, didn't they? I want to say they were like a two-seed last year. I think they lost the Nevada maybe in round two. 
Yeah, I think they were two or three, I believe, They're, last year. Cincinnati is the classic team to have a really good year because they play in a really weak conference and then actually be pretty good and just absolutely collapse come the big time of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to see, like, uh, that collapse <laughs> not happen, but who knows. Um so what, what what do we think about Houston? Are they for real? Oh, what? they're definitely for real. I think they're absolutely for real. They're they're the best, you know, mid-major team certainly. You you're yeah. you're considering Houston a mid-major team? Maybe not mid-major, <laughs> but not non-power 5 conference, excuse me. Uh, I think they're I don't think they're for real. I think they're You don't? I think they've taken full advantage of I think they're good, man. Uh, they were they were good last year too. They were they were going to beat Michigan in that game last year, if not for the buzzer beater. We're talking last year. <laughs> yeah, but they still got most of the same players, and they're even better this year. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now. Right, their best win is against LSU. Home, they were home against LSU, and they beat them. Good. That's a big win right there. Right. The, the, if you were saying this back, you know, in December, they beat Oregon when the Oregon was ranked 18. Oregon's trash now. Uh, they have you know extremely soft out of conference. I mean, you want to say Memphis? I mean, Memphis is in their conference, so that's not even an uh, out of conference one. Uh, but I mean, they've just the teams they played out of conference are very soft, other than LSU. And I even give St. Louis. I mean, St. Louis is a quality team. Then you go to in conference, and I think the American is awful. Right? Obviously, a big win over Cincinnati uh, on Sunday, but. Cincinnati also didn't, you know, was in the game, was in that game forever and winning it, and then decided not to, just decided not to score for like the last five or six minutes of that game. Uh, they lost to Temple on the road. Temple's a that's a game. that's a bad loss. Yeah, that's a bad loss. Temple's not what they have been in the past. But I mean, Wichita State's just not good either this year. Yeah, they're entertaining to watch, and maybe, you know, if they can kind of go on a little bit of a run here. Maybe because they play in the American, but I don't think so. Uh, like South Florida, they were good at one point, and the season dropped off severely. Tulsa was good at one point this year in, in, in conference and has kind of fallen off a little bit. Just I think it's just the schedule is just soft, and I think that's what makes a good NCAA team. Both if you know whether you're a Duke or uh, Michigan State or Michigan, this is the out of conference because. I mean, you're going to see those teams, those mid-major teams that are trying to, you know, doing everything against you, those 16, those 15 kind of seeds that, you know, you don't want to take lightly. And we've seen, you know, just last year, the 16 beat in a one. We've seen 15 beat twos, you know, almost every year since it first happened, right? Uh, but they just – just Houston hasn't taken advantage. I would love to see a better out-of-conference because you know you play in a trash conference in the American. You know, kind of like whether it's a Villanova – you know, going down there and playing Kansas, right? Or it's a Seton Hall playing Kentucky and Maryland, or it's uh, a Duke, you know, playing Texas. St. John's. Yeah, St. John's. Yeah. It was very soft out of conference, and now you see. They're, are they for real? Yeah, they're a good team, but at the same time, you know, they're not what everybody expected them to be, right? That's a perfect mm-hmm. example, Morris. Uh, but you have to go – the out of conference tells you a lot about your team come this time of the year. And just Houston, I feel like, is just a very soft schedule. And to their fault, it's not their fault they play in the American. But you can control the out-of-conference. So. Yeah, so, all right. Um, before we, uh, we wrap up, um, prediction, national championship. Uh, Dom, who you got? Who's facing off? Uh, 
think it's going to be – I think Gonzaga is in there. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to slow them down come tournament time. I hate to say it, but I think it might be a Gonzaga-Duke rematch come national championship. Oof. It's hard to argue with that, but I'm going to go with the, uh, you know, typical, the, the top two teams in the country right now. Uh, I'm going to go Duke-Tennessee. I think Tennessee's having a, you know, they're kind of having a dream season. Best season, arguably, in, in school history. Um, regular season-wise, that is. Do you um, want to Oh, my what? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. No, I like I, – I mean, and obviously Duke just has the top-end talent. And, you know, for all the all the one-and-dones, all the studs, the NBA studs they've gotten over the years, you know, they really – the only real deep, you know, tournament success, tournament run they've had is the year they won it all with uh, with Okafor and Winslow and, uh, and Tyus Jones. Outside of that, you know, they've had kind of a lot of, you know – unexpected early exits, not early exits, but they I don't think they've even been to a final four since they've been, you know, since they've joined the one and done sweepstakes. Um, obviously they had a tough loss to Kansas last year in the elite eight. Um, the, uh, the Tatum team, they didn't make it to the final four, the Ingram team, they didn't make it to the final four. So yeah, the only real year they had any sort of deep run was the year they won it all. But I think this team's too talented this year. Um, and, I, and Tennessee's got so many scorers, man. I mean, they got so many guys that can they come at you in waves. Um, I think, yeah, those are those are the two best teams I think right now. And you know, it probably won't end up working out that way because there's always upsets. But in a year where I, I don't, you know, like we talked about the, the the lower teams, you know, the teams outside the top ten, just really I don't think are that great. And anything can happen in one game. But I think it's a year that uh, that the that the best teams make it. Yeah, I think uh, I think if Duke is going to lose in the NCAA tournament, it's going to be uh, to like a mid-level conference opponent, you know, whatever conference it may be, because that's just the test of thing. That that's just the classic Duke kind of loss in the Sweet. Yeah, yeah, right. But they lost to South Carolina. It was a couple years ago. Well, I, yeah, I mean that South Carolina team was just they were good. Yeah, that team that team was like surprising, surprisingly uh-huh. good. So. But Tennessee, you know, Tennessee's got five guys that average at least 11 and a half a game. It's pretty you incredible. You want to hear a great stat about Tennessee that I heard today? Hit me. They have yet to lose at home or on the road officially, right? Yeah. Oh, well, one loss was neutral, neutral court. Neutral court. That's right. And they have yet, I believe, to lose a game in regulation. Oh, that's right. The one game was overtime. Jeez, that is crazy. Wow, that's a that's a good stat, Dom. It's pretty They'll probably split with Kentucky. They play them twice. Um, I, I, I know they beat them both times, but I don't know. They could, but I, my money would be on them splitting with them. This is going to tell you a lot about this Kentucky team, because uh, I I believe they you know they still have to play Tennessee twice. Obviously, they play them Saturday, uh, but you know February is only you know two weeks away from kind of tournament time, you know conference though. So. It's going to be – I believe they play Florida again, Kentucky. Uh, they play Tennessee twice, and they might even play Auburn again. I'm not too sure. But, you know, it's going to tell you a lot about is this Kentucky team for real or have they kind of taken advantage of, you know, the SEC kind of being a so-so conference. I mean, Auburn, granted, they did take they, – they go down to Auburn and, you know, kind of really play extremely well to beat them. You know, Mississippi State and Mississippi, I never thought are for real. 
you know, they were kind of like, oh, well, they have a bunch of wins, you know. Let's put them in because they do play in the SEC and have played a decent schedule. But this is going to tell you, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun these next two to three weeks, you know, in all the conferences, you know, whether even watching a Houston team or, you know, whoever. It's going to be fun. So for my national championship, uh, I think North Carolina is going to make a run in the tournament this year. I just have that feeling. Mm. Not sure what it is. They've got the firepower. I mean, it's not crazy to say. I think Roy Williams kind of holds them back. I feel like he's he's an awful in-game coach. So. They don't play a lot of defense either. No, they do give up a lot of points. Yeah, uh, but I mean, at the end of the day, so does Duke, kind of. So yeah, as long as well. yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I'm look. I think I don't think Gonzaga is going to lose either, and when it comes to the tournament, so I got Zaga, Zaga, North Carolina. Oh, rematch a little, of a couple years ago. Oddball championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it happening again. I just think Gonzaga's too good. Yeah, I would. I would. I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, anybody kind of – I think Gonzaga might be a lock for this year's national championship. I would say definitely at least the Final Four. Obviously, we could be having a whole different conversation come the podcast after, you know, St. Patty's Day when it's selection time. But I'd, I think Gonzaga is just a complete team. And clearly they've shown it playing, you know, North Carolina. And they played uh, – oh, they played Tennessee, I believe. And then they played – uh, you know, played Duke obviously in the Maui tournament and beat them. So, you know, they clearly have it. So we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah, they're they're definitely a complete team. Um, and you guys have anything else before we before we wrap it up with college basketball? Good. That's it. Yeah. All right. So before we wrap up, uh, I want to let everyone know. Um, to visit joggermag.com. We got some good stuff coming out. Um, Motivate podcast is coming out. Um, just came out today um, with the agent of Kirk Cousins and Matt Carpenter. So look out for that on uh, all your platforms. Um, right now, I'm currently working on a Julio Urias piece, the left handed pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. That should be out shortly. Um, Dom, you have a piece coming out uh, that. Uh, you want your followers to know about? Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes on Sunday. But <laughs> it is it, it is college basketball time, so there might be a you know some uh, mid majors worth writing about. Unlike I don't know if you guys were aware last year, but I did write that mid major Sonic to compete and did pick Loyola Chicago, and unfortunately O'Shea had to write an apology article about it. Uh, partly my fault because I got it to him too late, but partly kind of bad luck because that was the fifth team on the list and it was deleted off. But, you know, I can't wait. It's exciting. Yeah, so lots of lots of sports stuff uh, coming our way, man. NBA um, All-Star Weekend is uh, what starts this weekend, um, which is tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and then uh, college basketball is heating up, of course. Lots of good conference games. Up ahead this weekend, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee is definitely the game to watch. Uh, Michigan State, Ohio State, and then Maryland, Michigan, all good basketball games. Um, and then, you know, the hot stove for the MLB, just we're not sure what's happening. Well, that that but, stove is cooling off, man. Yeah, it's been cool it's, for I don't months. know what's going on. Yeah, that might that's a conversation for next week to see if we're still at the same place. Yeah, we'll probably. 
Yeah, so ho- hopefully next week we can uh, do better with our uh, our t- our predictions for divisions because we'll know where Harper, Machado, Kimbrel are are all at. So that'll keep our fingers crossed. Absolutely. So anyway, have a good evening. Enjoy your sports filled weekend. See you next week. This podcast was brought to you by JoggerMag.com, home of the underdog.